This episode of the A-List Podcast is brought to you by betonline.ag. Welcome into the A-List Podcast. I'm Kwani Lunas, joined by Aishrod Blakely and Gary Washburn, as usual. How are you two today? Doing well, Kwani. I feel like I could just ask you anything, anything today. I don't know why. I just got that feeling. Sherrod loves starting every episode with some kind of troll job. Gary, how you doing? I'm good. <laughs> yeah. Well, I ain't got st- I ain't you? got stuff to I ain't got stuff to ask you. For context, <laughs> since now I have to explain. A few days ago, I tweeted out, ask me stuff. I like the ask me anything that people do on Twitter. And I got some pretty respectful, fun questions. I didn't expect to get anything crazy, but Sherrod and Gary have advised me otherwise. Well, don't do that again. In the future, I will not let people ask me anything. I learned my lesson. What I my 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 takeaway from that, Kwani, was that many of my cousins don't follow you on Twitter. Because I guarantee you, if they did, there would have been some absolute 100 percent foolishness. Okay, gone well that's wow. I'm gonna definitely never tweet that again then. But let's talk about these Celtics. They just actually, unfortunately snapped a six-game winning streak in Toronto, but more people are concerned about Robert Williams. He was obviously out for that game. One, what is your level of concern with him being out for the rest of this regular season? I'm concerned on both a short and long-term level. Short-term, I'm concerned because you are now going to be without probably your most impactful defender. I think Marcus Smart is your best defender, but I think Rob is your most impactful defender. His ability to not only handle his business, but also clean up the mess that every now and then comes up when one of the guards gets beats off the dribble and he's got to he's got to patrol that that back line. Long term, my concern level is for Rob because Rob's only 24 years old. He's got a lot of basketball left in, in his career. And this is the type of injury, you know, that torn meniscus where, you know, we don't know whether it's something as, as you know, minor as what Joel Embiid had, where he only missed, I think, one game, maybe two. Or is it something more serious, like what, what Lonzo Ball is dealing with, who has missed several weeks? Uh, so I, my concern long-term is for Rob. Short-term, is my concern is for this team. Gary, yeah. what are you more concerned, long-term or short-term? Um. I'm concerned short term. I mean, this is a uh, this is a special team. It could be a special team, could have a chance to make a long run, and you're losing your defensive anchor. And you know, like you look at last night's game against Toronto, how many easy points they just didn't get because they didn't have the lob option. Like Toronto collapsed in the paint, threw four defenders in there. So anytime a Celtic went to the basket. You know, we're obviously not Jason and Jalen. They didn't have those guys. They played a really good game, but just they just found it hard to score because they didn't have Rob in that dunker's position ready to just, you know, throw it up. I'm going to dunk on somebody. Yeah. Um, they're going to miss that. Um, but you're also talking about a guy who plays 28 minutes a game, something like that. So he's not one of those 40-minute guys. You know, that's why you got Tice. Um, they just got to make the best of it. Um, you know, I do think, honestly, there are players out there, like there's a guy that they had that they didn't play him, signed to a two-day contract, Norvell Pelly, who's one of those like jumpers, shot blocking dudes. Like you, I mean, he's a low budget Rob. I'm not saying he's Rob or whatever, but he's a dude who's 6'11", who blocks everything he sees, like that type of thing. Like 
they signed um, the young man, you know, Jawan Morgan to a 10 day. Another, he's, he's six, seven. I don't know why, uh, maybe just to have depth when they give guys games off. But, but he, this guy, I looked up, he's in, he's playing for the Cleveland charge. He, you know, he's available. And to me, like you need like a low budget, immediate stop gap, another seven footer, bring him in and let's see what he can do. You know, and you already had him. So obviously maybe they have something again. I don't know what he did in his time here. He never played in the game, I don't think. Um, but they, you know, they he may seems to think that they can do good things with Tice. And Tice played hard last night or whatever, but they've got to reinvent themselves a bit defensively in the paint um, to be as good. And we haven't seen Horford, obviously, in a couple of games. So let's see what happens against the Heat because uh, he, uh, he's expected to return. But I'm more worried. I mean, I think Robert's got to figure out what's best for him long term. You know, do you to do the extensive surgery like, I, I think there's with the meniscus, you can either a cut the portion off that's torn and kind of mend it the short-term solution or do like the Derrick Rose surgery several years ago where you like mend it and you completely like re reform it. And, and that takes longer. Okay. And that could mean more knee degeneration down the road. So if I'm um, Robert, I got to make the best decision for me. Um, but, you know, short term, the Celtics is going to be damaged by this. No question. But I think they can get through it. Here's the thing about Rob. Oh, yeah. Just real, real quick point on with that. The, the thing about Rob, and, and we talk a lot about his ability to play above the rim, the way that he's that that anchor defensively can can roam back to like a free safety or a strong safety, depending on which, which safety you prefer. But the one thing he brings to the table that I noticed was really, really a problem in Toronto is his court vision. There were a couple of times where Daniel Tice just made really bad plays by just simply not having the court vision or the ball savvy to get the ball where it needed to be when it needed to get there. And there were a couple of times where, or at least one time where it led to a turnover and a layup at the other end of the floor. And when you get into a game that was so close down the stretch, those are the plays that ultimately kill you. It isn't the bad shot when you're down by three with three seconds to play. It's that turnover that you had that was an unforced turnover that shouldn't have happened because you had a guy on the floor who isn't quite as skilled in terms of his ball passing and, and court vision as the guy that's hurt. And so that, I think when we talk about Rob Williams, I, I think his, his ability to get the ball where it needs to be when it needs to be there is one of the low-key strengths of his game that they're going to miss. I would, I would argue that they're, they're going to miss that as much, if not more than the things that he does above the rim and what he does as a defender. And as we saw in that overtime loss, the – Really, in, in the overtime period, we had Marcus Smart and Grant Williams, it seems as though they were really tasked with trying to close out that game. And that's another void. Obviously, it was only because Jalen and Jason weren't there. They'll be back. They're probable for their next game. But what do you think is something that we need to see from this roster when it comes to stepping up and being able to fill a void when those two are not in the game? You got it, Gary. Well, they may need to trust the bench. Um, I saw some good things from Sam Hauser um, against the Raptors. Uh, you know, Peyton's playing at a, a solid level. He missed some, some shots he might have been able to hit down the stretch. Um, 
you know, they, they got to see who they have in, in, in some of these guys. You know, Aaron Neesmith, hey, you know, <laughs> I mean, he's, he's not Desmond Bain. He's never probably going to be this elite NBA shooter. Maybe he'll transform into that over years. But at this point, he's a D, 3 and D and energy guy, an occasional three. I'm not talking about consistent three. He hit that big shot. Someone commented on Twitter, that might be the biggest shot of his at the Celtics. Uh, that one in the fourth quarter, gave him a four-point lead that they ended up blowing and uh, allowed the game to go to overtime. But Emei's got to use these last eight games to see what he's got in some of these guys. Um, and, you know, I think, you know, he put some guys in positions against the Raptors to shine, and, and, some, um, and many of them did. I mean, you got to give them all the kudos and props for pushing Toronto. They should have won the game. And there's not, well, Toronto took it from them. I mean, I, you know, I'll start with Sherrod. The key, those two Van Vliet three-pointers, one where, I mean, in the offensive rebounding by Edinobi to create those positions, I mean, that kind of changed the game. The Celtics were really close to putting it away. And then, you know, they they just didn't have the closer down the stretch. And then Toronto, and then Siakam took over. But that was Toronto's frontline team. I mean, that was a team that's been wiping people out. And they had to sweat. I mean, they should have lost that game. The Raptors, the Raptors were very celebratory. And, you know, yeah. it was like, no, you didn't beat Jason Jalen. You got, yeah. you got, you know, you basically had in their 80 points at home per game, you know, 80 points there, you know, with Robert and Al and Jalen and Jason at home. But, okay, you know, so I think he may need to spend the next few games especially Indiana and Washington, if all the games are valuable, you want to win them, seeing what he has in some of these guys. Don't, I mean, if did you call him up not to play? Did you call Jawan Morgan up to sit? Okay, you know, why? You know, Matt Ryan is supposed to be this elite shooter. See what he has. Stauskas, they haven't taken a look at him. You know, see what he has. Like, you need floor spacing. I think you saw against the Raptors, like, Hauser can shoot. And he's getting to the point where he can consistently make them in games in, in real NBA competition. And he had, he, you know, he missed one that went, you know, that, that, that would have, you know, been, you know, really turned the tide in the game in the fourth quarter. But I thought he did okay in his minutes, you know, see what Stauskas, Ryan, if you're going to bring these guys up, if you're going to sign them, then see what the hell they have. And at least, you know, for the postseason, maybe you can use them in a spot or two. I, I think Hauser, more than any other player in that game, made the most of his minutes. Uh, and and to your point, Gary, he he was making shots, which is what that's why you signed him. But what he was also doing was he wasn't getting his ass kicked on defense. He wasn't locking nobody up, but he was not nearly as bad defensively as we have been led to believe is the reason why he doesn't play. I don't get it at this point when you realize that your defense isn't going to be quite what it used to be because you don't have Rob. So you're going to have to make up for that in some way, shape or form. You're not going to get other elite defenders on the floor to shut people down the way Rob was able to help you do that. So if you're not going to do that, what do you do? You find other guys who can make shots. You get more guys on the floor who can get you buckets. And Hauser, to me, he was the most impressive among all their, their reserves because he did not only did he do his job, 
But the flaws in this game weren't exposed. And Toronto, they damn sure tried to expose them. Every single time they did a switch where you had like Van Fleet, uh, who was guarded by him, Van, he went right at him. If they put a big like, like, like Pascal on him, he went right at him. And they did not have a lot of success against him. And when you, and again, obviously he played more minutes than he normally would if let's say he, you know, you have Jalen and Jason in the mix. But the fact that he was on the floor, the fact that he made shots and the fact that he did not crush you defensively, that bodes well for his future. It bodes well for his confidence. And it gives you another potential weapon that you might have to employ, you might have to put out there on the floor in the playoffs so I, I to me he was he was my favorite part of that game at Toronto uh simply because he showed the kind of growth and potential to actually help this team in what is clearly going to be a time of need when you, you're going to be without Rob Williams and Gary you mentioned the Celtics needing to be basically dig into that arsenal and see what they have but also they were down for essential players so do you think it's a good time for them to be experimenting when they are still trying to work their way up into the seating. Yeah, that's a, that's a tricky situation. Like you got the Miami game and then you have the two games. I think they could maybe do that as Washington and Indiana. Um, because I, you know, but all those teams are going to come in and play hard. They're going to, they know that they're, you know, they want to knock the Celtics down a peg or two in the, in the East. So they're not going to come in there and just, you know, roll the, you know, just give up, you know, but those are games you could, particularly tries and we'll see what happens on that season ending three game road trip to Chicago, Milwaukee, and Memphis. But I think you've got to start toning down the minutes for Jason and Jalen. Like for the first time I really saw like Jalen was on the end of the bench, stretching out his knee in the fourth quarter, Jason didn't ride the exercise bike. He was icing his knee um, at the, Jason does not sit on the bench when he's out of the game. He goes to the exercise bike. He did not, go on the exercise bike at all against Minnesota. And then Eme puts him back in. Like, he, you know, Eme made an interesting comment. Well, if it had been a 30-point, like, he's like, well, if it had been a more decisive game, we might have been able to play Jason and Jalen against Toronto. Like, Eme, you led by 20 most of the second half. I mean, they cut it to 80 to 63, and that was, like, the closest it had been. They cut it to 17. Like, what more do you want to see? That, that you had that game on lock, you know, that's a lack of trust in his guys to me because he's like, well, if it had been a 30-point game, 30? How many times you up 30 in an NBA game? Like, not very often. Even though some, some have been very dominant over the last yeah. several weeks and all that, to me, like, it was four minutes left, and it took, it took the Minnesota coach, Chris Finch, he threw in the towel. And then he made, threw, took his guy, it's like, Ime, you got the dub. You're up 22 with four minutes left. Like, take them out. Give, Rub give, it in. Give, Rub give, it give, in. Give Jason and Jalen a break. And so I knew, I was like, I just have a real feeling neither of these guys are going to see Toronto. Like, they ain't, they ain't, they ain't making that. They ain't pulling up their passports for that trip. So <laughs> I think he's going to need to keep them to 30 minutes a game, especially in those two games. And then, you know, you see what happens. Uh, in the last several games, the Memphis game will Ja play because he's been out. But Memphis is eighteen and two without him. Chicago is going to be desperate. Milwaukee that could be a, a, a game for the number one seed. So these are big games. But I think you you know you have 
you know, some time, you got to cut down their minutes a little bit at least. You know, you can't push them 35 to 38 all the way to the end and hope that they get a break in that, you know, Sunday and then game one for a playoff series will probably be Saturday. If, you know, I don't know. Like, I just think he needs to start trusting his guys more. I think last night he was forced to, right? He was forced to trust his guys. He put Hauser in. um, And and as Sherrod said, Hauser is a plus two. Pritchard struggled. Pritchard was two for nine for three and all that. But he's trusted Hauser. Luke Cornett gave him good minutes. You know, Luke's not a Luke. Luke looks like he can't play, but he can play. You look at Luke, you're like, man, you can't play this freaking tall. But no, Luke can play. You know, not Luke's not gonna, you know, dominate nobody. You know, but Luke is gonna. He got a couple of tip ins, offensive rebounds. He's seven feet. He uses his seven feet. You know, I mean, give him, you know, eight or nine minutes. Like you gotta give some of these guys a break toward the end of the season. You not want to wear. You're not trying to win the regular season championship. There. This is not soccer. You don't get no President's Cup for best record in the East. So, Before we move on to the games, I'll let you drop your mic. I want to give some love, of course, to betonline.ag. March Madness is wrapping up. The Final Four is set. So now we'll wait to determine this year's national champion. So, of course... If you want to wager on those games, you have to head over to betonline.ag. Use our promo code CLNS50 for that 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. BetOnline is your number one spot for updated odds and information. So, of course, if you haven't done so already, head over to betonline.ag. Use that promo code CLNS50. BetOnline, where the games start. Now it's time for We have our own games because we love games here. (laughs) We've talked a little bit about the bench. And obviously people are going to need to step up as the season comes to a close. And obviously as they head into the postseason. So I'm going to list four players. You tell me who you're picking and why you're rolling with them as the person that needs to step up the most as we end the season off. So we have Derek Wyatt, Peyton Pritchard, Aaron Neesmith, and Daniel Tice. The player that needs to step up the most among those four is Peyton Pritchard. He's the guy that, frankly, is going to have a role. You know his his role is to be a shot maker. That's literally why you're out there. Uh, Don't get crushed defensively and make some shots. And when he does that, we've seen how good they are when he's able to do his job. And Peyton's going to have to continue to do that job because, as Gary pointed out, and as we've seen just throughout the years, your core guys, your starters, play significantly fewer minutes the last week, week and a half of the regular season. That doesn't mean you've got to stop winning. That doesn't mean you've got to stop competing. This is where Peyton comes into play. He's going to get more opportunities to be impactful, and he needs to continue to make the most of those opportunities, not only to help the team win, but also to keep a good rhythm about the flow of that second unit as they relate to the first unit. And again, he to me, he's the guy that I'm looking for and that has to continue to play well and continue to step up so that everyone gets a little bit of the action and and this team can keep rolling along, even when they got a core guy like Rob out of the mix. Mm -hmm. I'm going to say Derek White. Um, I think the Celtics need to see the Derek White from the Toronto game, more assertive offensively, more confident with his shot. 
Um, you know, he wasn't fantastic from the field, but I just thought he did enough. You know, like I thought he was pretty good. I thought he was he was he was assertive defensively. I mean, he made some mistakes. He got ripped a couple times, but I also I thought he did well. Uh, no, he didn't. I'm sorry. Four for 16, uh, you know, but three for eight from three. OK, so, you know, but he was a plus two, uh, eight assists, six rebounds, you know, so he missed the two pointers. I think he tried to attack the rim and Toronto defensively literally just packed the paint like they were not going to let um, the, the Celtics get points in the paint. Um, so I need to see more sort of better Derek White. And I thought he showed flashes of that um, the other night. I, you know, I'm a stun. He only hit four shots. I thought I saw more than that. I was right there, but maybe because he had three threes. Um, I didn't know he went, you know, I, I didn't see the one for eight from twos, but that's what happened. It's on paper, but I need to see more assertive Derek White. I need to see more confident Derek White. And I need to see the, the guy that the Celtics trade a first round pick for. Because if not, you, you could have kept Josh Richardson, to be honest with you. Um, so he needs to show his worth. And this is his money time. You know, this is what this is why uh what Bill Parcells said, it's why you lift all them weights uh back, you know, this is what you do all this work for in this TikTok training sessions post-game. You do it to carry the team, make a big play in a playoff game. Because the reason you got Derek White is, is to make one or two plays in the playoff game that's going to get you that dub. That's why you got him. You didn't get him to score 35. You didn't get him to pull out 15 rebounds or 10 assists. You got him to go, you know, 12, 13 points, six assists, four rebounds, a couple of key steals, and good defense. That's why you got Derek White. That's what I need to see. It's on him. Okay. But I can just I can tell you right now in those TikTok videos, I, I you don't see Derek White in them TikTok videos. He ain't putting a, he, so he may have more weight that I think he needs to carry going forward. He ain't exactly stressing to put to he ain't trying to put the guns out. He is not trying to put the guns out. He is not that dude. And I don't think he ever will be that. But to your point, Gary, he needs to make open shots. I mean, that to me, that's the part of Derek White's game that he needs to be more consistent with because when you're playing with a guy like Tatum and Brown, you're going to get some good looks. And even when you're not on the floor with them, but you're on and they're off, he's still shown the ability to get to the rim. I mean, he's got a nice little, little kind of hesitation dribble drive game that he whips out every now and then that gets him to the rim where he can finish. He's got to be more impactful at the end of the day offensively because defensively he's solid. Uh, I, I love what he brings at that end of the floor. He's been pretty steady for the most part uh, at that end of the floor, but his offense has been just up and down. And that's just, you need some semblance of consistency from him because you're not like, it's not like you're going deep into the bench. It's basically him, Pritchard, Grant. That's pretty much all you got. And Neesmith, you know, kind of maybe sort of kind of, but not really in the mix. Derek has to be able to make the open shots, the shots at the rim, the, the type of, especially now with Rob out, you're going to need someone who can get you some points around the rim. And Derek, well, I, I agree, Gary. I mean, he's a guy that you definitely looking to do that. But I still think they're going to need Pritchard to step up more than him. Well, looking forward to their next game on Wednesday against the number one team in the East right now, the Miami Heat. They have gone four for six in their last 10 games. 
And we saw when they're lost to the Warriors that there was a little bit of a kerfuffle on the bench between Haslam and Butler. Do you think there's tension in Miami right now? <laughs> if so, how will this affect their game against Boston on Wednesday? You did right. There's tension in Miami. <laughs> There's always tension I mean, in Miami, though. Look, listen, listen. When you when you got like you know your sage veteran Haslam, who is saying what he's who what he's going to whip of yours, mm-hmm. then you got the head coach who takes the damn clipboard and throws it down. And now that mic that mic was nowhere near the damn clipboard, but you could hear it loud and clear. Yeah. He was hot. I love that because th- that's part of the Miami culture. They are a feisty group. They are they 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 love at times they hate each other and they probably hate the fact that they love each other so much. That's who they are. But the problem with that now is this, they're not being able, they're not showing the ability to translate that energy in a positive way. Um, Because remember after that, that incident they had, they made, they made a nice little run for the rest of that particular game, but they still wound up losing. Then they followed that up with a loss to the Knicks where they led by 17 going into the or early in the fourth quarter and wound up losing. And they just got off the snide with a win over the Sacramento Kings, which is not that big a deal because the Sacramento Kings, are, they're just a sack of crap for the most part. Um, so, so you're not, so you're not, it's like you, the good news is you won a game. The bad news is you beat a team that damn near pretty much anyone in the league at this point can beat. So I don't know for them how, whether they're right now, whether they've been able to put this behind them. That's why this Celtics game is so important. I, I would say it's more important for Miami than it is for Boston. Because if Boston loses that game, well, you got you. I mean, you got the default excuse. We didn't have Rob, and we're playing a lot of guys that we probably wouldn't normally play. If they win that game, it's just like, damn, Miami, we just whipped your ass. We're like, our, our, this ain't even our real crew. Yeah, this is like, this is like our. The, the, who are you, Miami? This shouldn't be happening. So, so you're saying it's a win-win. I think the so I don't see how the Celtics lose this game. Literally, I mean, yeah. if they win the game, great, and if they lose the game, they're still good. Miami is the one that really has the most to gain in this game. Yeah. What you got, G? Um, I think that they're one of those teams that how do I put it? Like, I think there's been a lot of talk about Miami this year. Um. You know, and they have equipped themselves because, you know, Pat Riley's not getting any younger. He's like a Jerry Jones type. And I'm not talking about, like, he's more successful than Jerry Jones. Don't not, The way, way I'm comparing them is the, their time is now because he wants to win one more championship before he fades into the sunset, you know, um, before he retires and, and as an all-time great GM coach, et cetera. So they've built this team. They get Kyle Lowry. Um, you know, they bring in Victor Oladipo. They bring in uh, P.J. Tucker. And they, one, they're never really been completely healthy. And two, um, now they're kind of imploding. And, and when you have Jimmy Butler as like you're, you're the head of your snake, and he's a impulsive person, you know, he's gotten not been the greatest teammate, you know, or been hard on his teammates, you know, that's going to cause some dissension. Now, it worked out in the bubble. I mean, they beat up the Celtics in the bubble. They outworked them. They outclassed them. They punked them in the bubble. Um, last year, Milwaukee handled their business and took them out in, in, in a sweep. Now, I can't – I don't think we've ever really saw Miami like as a, 
The Celtics went down there and locked them down defensively, probably their best defensive game of the year, and just shut down the Heat, right? And then the Heat came up here to Boston, and they were shorthanded, and the Celtics ended up winning with a big second half in the middle of the, kind of their struggles, right? So we haven't seen the good Celtics against the good Heat at all. So I think it's really hard to judge. This will be an interesting game because the Heat, um, I know Tyler Hero's been out. I don't know if he'll go, and Gabe Vincent, I don't know if they're going to play, but this is Butler, Adebayo, Lowry, Robinson, you know, Max Struss, P.J. Tucker, you know, even, I don't know if Volodipo will play or not, Dwayne Dedman, like, you've got um, almost a full roster. Hero would be a big loss because he's six-man-of-the-year candidate, 20 points a game, 21 points a game, but I think that they're just kind of, they don't seem as um, engaged and close as the previous Heat teams I've seen. You know, they just don't seem like they're, they seem like they're, they're destined for an implosion. They're very vulnerable as a playoffs because you put them against Milwaukee, because who would you pick them for them to beat? Like, right. would you pick them in a seven-game series with the Celtics? Would you pick them against the Bucs? Would you pick them against the Sixers? Like you, and they're the number one seed, and you're and this is the number one seed, and you're telling me you wouldn't definitively pick them over the next three seeds. You know? Yeah, yeah. I agree with that. Yeah, unmute yourself, Kwani. Yeah, you sound like look, you're going okay, rookie move here. No, I <laughs> um, absolutely agree with you. So um <laughs> I was like, oh, okay. Talking, yeah. is she miming? <laughs> yeah, is she miming? Um, so my whole thing is I need to see the two teams go full at each other, which will be tomorrow. Um, and what Miami has, because you don't, they got blown out by Brooklyn. They lost. They, I watched the fourth quarter against the Knicks. They were just completely confused. And then they come back and beat sack whoop, you know, without the, without De'Aaron Fox and Demonis Sabonis. Yeah. So what is that? What are we talking about here? So I think they're, they're the most, the flimsiest number one seed. I think they, yeah. I, I, you know, Damn. I don't think they're scaring anybody right now. I think a month ago they did. Yeah. I think now everybody's looking at Miami like, wait, wait, you think Brooklyn's afraid of Miami? You think, you think Kyrie and them are like, oh no, we don't want to play Jimmy Butler and them. No, they like, yeah. if we're eight and they're one, we good. We, we can get a game down there. <laughs> you know, like, I, I don't think anybody fears Miami and, Maybe in the, over the next 10 days, they put fear into people. Maybe they beat the Celtics by 20 points tomorrow and, and say, hey, we back. So all that stuff that happened last week is gone. Yeah. Spolster's a master coach, yeah. but something doesn't seem right. They don't seem as close as they were in previous years. You, we've seen the Heat a lot over the years, obviously, and we've seen them just have that togetherness and, you know, when Udonis has him, is going at Jimmy Butler, and and guys are mad, and Spolstra's getting involved and emotional. He's the coolest coach on the sideline. Yeah. Um, something doesn't seem right, and I, I think they're a very vulnerable seed in this playoffs. I don't think Charlotte or Brooklyn or Toronto is looking like, yeah, we don't. That's a team we want to avoid. They'd rather avoid Milwaukee and the Celtics and Philadelphia. Just that's yeah. me. That's a really good point. Yeah, that is a good point. That Makes me look point. forward to Wednesday night's game even more now. I was already looking forward to it, but now I'm a little more hyped up. Because you're right, the 
the best of Miami and the best of Boston finally meeting will be an exciting matchup. Gary, Sherrod, I know you both have a lot of other things that you do besides this podcast. Do you have anything exciting coming up? I need to get my AMA game going. Like you, Kwani. Asking anything? <laughs> That's what I need to do. I honestly no. think both of you should tweet that out and see what kind of responses you get. AMA you know game? What? It's called Ask, it's ask, 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 anything ask Me Anything. Here. That's essentially oh, what I tried to that's, do. That's, that's, that's to... what we do, Gary. That's that's what the young folks do now. That's what the kids are doing, Gary. We try to keep I you. I see that on Instagram, but not Twitter. Like, Kwani, do that on IG. Do not do that on Twitter. I have Just a better don't. following on Twitter, of, I, though. I get more yeah, engagement. Yeah, I do. You got more people following you on Twitter. That's a shocker. But don't. That means that's oh, wow. more, more fools drip. out there. More fools out there. Quanti, do not do ask me stuff. Just uh, as, a, as a piece of, you want to take my advice? Quani, I'm, I'm just, a, so, I'm just I'm some support, old dude. I'm, I'm going to support you on this one, Quanti. Do not do you ask do me your stuff. Hand, no, ask me stuff about basketball. Ask me stuff about NBC. Like, put a yeah. subject on it. Okay, fine. You want to take open, if Quani, you open the questions, open if somebody going to ask you a question you ain't trying to hear, I'm just saying. <laughs> You keep doing it the way you do it, Kwani. And if someone oh, asks you a question you don't want to hear, they've got mechanisms in place on okay. social media where you can address that. Just don't so. be don't be offended. All right, sure. What you got? <laughs> Other than you're asking me anything. <laughs> no, uh, just typically you know, just more content on in, or, um, on Ebony on Blue Bleach Report. Also, uh, newsletter uh, fullcourtpress.bulletin.com. Uh, you know the next week or so the Celtics closing out the season. I'll be on part of the road trip uh, that they'd have to close out the season where they're playing against Milwaukee. Well, they're playing against um, Chicago, Milwaukee, and closing things out at Memphis, which will be really interesting in uh, how that's going to play out. Because both of those teams are going to be looking at, you know, at least the first round by. And so how many guys are they going to throw out there to play? And, and will they be in position where a win could move them up a spot or or things like that. So uh, that's 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 what I got coming. What do you got, Gary? Uh, just following the Celtics through this travail. Like uh, obviously Miami and Washington. So Indiana, Washington, and that road trip next week, and also some other some other stuff. I'll work. I'm working on that. Will I'll, I'll you know Sunday notes that I'll, I'll, I'll preview on social media. Uh, but I will not have people ask me ask stuff. Him. Ask him what you. <laughs> oh, ask. Don't ask me stuff. I want to almost tweet Gary a question. Gary, can I ask you something? No, you can't ask me a damn thing. <laughs> Hell oh, no. Don't ask me stuff. <laughs> I don't do stuff. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, um, that's it. And I said, uh, you know, and I just think it's an exciting time. To, you know, t- every game means something. You know, the NBA is a, is a real enthusiastic time because obviously with the play-in and Toronto trying to avoid the six seed, seven seed in Cleveland and who's number one and are, what's going to happen with the Lakers? Are they going to miss the playoffs entirely? Like right. all that is intriguing. And there's, you know, about 10 days, a little bit less than 12 days left in the season. So it's going to be, it's going to be fun every day. Yeah. yeah. As long as folks know how to act and behave. I mean, you don't you don't want anybody getting Will Smith out there. You don't want that to happen. 
He just had to find a way to get that into yeah, the episode. Uh, you just don't want to get close I to hope, I'm just saying. I hope, the, I, hope the, I hope the issue brings awareness to alopecia and how many people are dealing with that. But I'm honestly Will Smithed out. I saw the Fresh Prince was on TV. Like, I just, I can't, do, I'm just tired of Will. Like, Will, take a break, take a vacation, step back. Hiatus, a sabbatical. Yeah, just, just get out the spotlight for a while. I think Will's yeah. just been in the spotlight so long and cracked. And, you know, like, but I, hopefully this brings awareness to alopecia and how many women are dealing with that disease and how judgmental we are when women do have hair loss issues. And, and thinning hair issues and how much pressure women put on each other too. It's women on women too. Yep. Um, oh, the length of the hair and how men and how we don't think that that's ser- taken seriously or how hard it is for that, you know, to deal with that illness and that ailment. So uh, I hope this just will, if anything positive, bring awareness to, the, to alopecia. Jerry's always bringing a fresh perspective to the pod. That's why we love you here. <laughs> I try. I'll be, I was on the phone. Don't ask me stuff. No, ask, don't ask me, don't ask him. <laughs> don't Let ask him me stuff. volunteer don't, information. I don't want to know, I don't want to know you. I ain't going to ask you stuff. Don't ask me stuff. <laughs> there we go. I just want to ask no questions. <laughs> well, I've been working on stuff for the Hub today. You guys can follow me on Twitter. Don't ask me anything either, but I'll let you know when I'm back Is on the, the Hub. Ear piercing story? Are you getting any piercings? I promise you guys will be the first to know when it airs. I will let yeah. you guys know. They're still editing that one. <laughs> but that's episode 69 in the books. Sherrod pointed that out on the top of our listing. And this has been the A-List Podcast. I'm Kwani A. Lunas for A. Sherrod Blakely and Gary Washburn. Thanks for listening once again. And we'll be back next week. <laughs>